This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. It's the end of the month, which means that it's time for another monthly roundup of news and releases with Jonathan Leo, Content Director at Kakuchopore.com. We're going to sift through the news first and we're going to start with the PlayStation Showcase 2023 that happened last week. The E3 event has started with PlayStation Showcase coming in with a bunch of exclusives. I'm going to mention a couple of them. There's a game called Fair Games. The S at the end is actually a money sign. Created by Haven Studio, it's a multiplayer game. You want to know about us? Seems like everyone does these days. It's simple. Too much money and too much power is held by just a few people. And it's only getting worse. So, we decided to do something about it. And Haven Studio is started by Ubisoft producer, ex-producer Jade Raymond, whom I'm sure you have heard of for years because she's been associated with the Assassin's Creed titles back in the day, like the Xbox 360 era. And the other game is Foam Stars from Square Enix, which is basically a four versus four shooter where players use foam to defeat each other. So technically, it's supposed to be like a Splatoon clone where they use non-lethal weapons to attack people. Though in this case, it's foam and bubbles. Looks pretty interesting. but And it's coming out in a few months. And I'm not sure how the system goes, but we'll find out more when the game gets revealed bit by bit in the next few months. Patience is the key, master. Time is not on his side. All we have to do is wait. Yes. Let's kill him with time. Phantom Blade Zero is a ninja game that's coming out just for PlayStation 5. It's a hack and slash RPG with kung fu and steampunk elements. The trailer looks really good, very hyped up. No idea when it's coming out. I think it's the end of the year, who knows. Prove to yourself that you have the strength and the courage to be free. Join the Helldivers. Helldivers 2 is coming out for PlayStation 5 and PC. It's actually the sequel to the isometric multiplayer game, Helldivers. Except this time, the perspective's a little different. It's third-person perspective, but still retains the co-op and shooting and humor elements from the original, especially with the killing the space bugs kind of mechanics here and there. So the Sea is from the same folks who did Journey and the Path. It's involving a character who sort surfs in a desert and ocean area. The trailer itself looks very, very ephemeral, beautiful and very serene with a bit more... I think there's more focus on movement and surfing in that sense. But the actual gameplay, we don't know how it's going to be in the full run, but the trailer looks really nice. Like I said, that's uh, probably PlayStation and PC exclusive. 
And uh, a, a couple of big games as well uh, that are multi-platform include the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, which is called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. That's coming up for Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Made its debut on the PlayStation Showcase. And apparently it's just going to be like a... I don't think it's an HD remaster. It's like a remake of the entire Part 3 game. And it's going to retain the original voice actor work from the original game back in 2002 or 3. Yeah. Will they record their lines or just... Uh, no, no, no. I think... I believe because the master recording is probably very high quality at the time... They're probably going to use the old master recording, you know, just clean it up a bit, put it inside. Because if it's a remake, you can just match it back and forth with the dialogue dialogue and all that. And you just uh, see how the gameplay is. I can just uh, tweak it a little bit to make it a bit more accessible for 2023 or 2024. I think the date did say is coming out in August 2023, but who knows, that might change. But that seems to be like the tentative deadline set by Konami. All right. And then there's also Spider-Man 2. He got away from us. It's good, Pete. I saved the tracker. Let's go, man, before he gets too far. No. He's mine. You sure? He's got big teeth. So do I. Um, he's not normally like that, right? No. He's never like that. Oh yes, that's the really big one. That's the last game that they showcased for the PlayStation Showcase. So Marvel Spider-Man 2, they announced a release period, Fall 2023. Apparently some people thought it was coming out on September 2023, but who knows? Uh, they might actually make the actual announcement closer, like maybe a month or so later. But anyway, the trailer itself and the gameplay showcase was actually really nice. They showcased uh, Peter Parker in his um, symbiote suit outfit, you know, having a different attitude and having more aggressive attacks. And the perspective switches back and forth between Peter Parker and Miles Morales as the other Spider-Man, chasing the lizard and while also fending off Craven the Hunter, who was also introduced as one of the main bad guys in the game itself. Light the fires. The Great Hunt begins. Uh, Venom didn't make an appearance, but we know he's going to be there because he was actually in the earlier trailer. But it's already confirmed that Lizard, Harry Osborn, and Craven the Hunter will be pivotal characters in this particular Spider-Man sequel. Mm. Um, Sony also announced a device codenamed uh, Project Q. Uh, what, what do you make of this? Uh, yes, Project Q is actually a portable game streaming device where you don't actually install games inside you turn on the device you get to you make sure that there are games installed on your ps5 and then you can actually stream devices through project q and the controller okay basically just imagine a switch except instead of joy cons you actually have two split um you have a split ds5 controller dual shock controller and it is what it is it's a streaming device i believe they're trying to do what cloud gaming is, except remotely, a little different, without... I don't think it's going to be that expensive compared to maybe your Asus Ally or your Steam Deck, but 
think of it more as a, like a complimentary device. Like maybe if you want to just sit down on your couch and play a PlayStation 5 game, you can do that. Because I believe this device will have like a radius. It might be Bluetooth run or whatnot. Hmm. But we'll see how that goes though, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of Wii U's controller though. I mean, in terms of the f- its function, right? Well, perhaps, perhaps. But uh, Wii U actually implements everything from the game design with the controller, everything. So some design staples are mandatory. I believe Project Q's advantage is it's just optional. You don't actually need the device, but if you want to actually play on your couch, like maybe upstairs in your room, lying down on your t- on your bed with the PS5, like probably one floor down, you can do that as a Project Q, but that's beyond that lah. So let's just think of it more as like a complementary device rather than like a necessary addition. I think we should also mention the other third-party games that were announced. Like apart from Metal Gear Solid Delta, there was also Alan Wake 2, which is going to be multi-platform and PC. The victim was one of their own. FBI Special Agent Robert Nightingale. So you knew our victim? Only the rumors. He was chasing a writer. Someone knew they were here. Was playing a game with them. Killer left a message. It's for us. The text is about us. We were all trapped in a horror story. The horror story wanted us dead. Coming out on 17 October, it has a nice little trailer emphasizing its like mystery, spookiness vibe of the entire game, as well as teasing a secondary protagonist called Saga Anderson. The stage is yours, Basim. watching. Assassin's Creed Mirage had a really nice trailer and it showcased just more of the stabbing and the, the stealth gameplay which is sorely missing in other Assassin's Creed games. This game's coming out for all platforms on the 12th of October. Bungie announces a new marathon game after 30 plus years? Which is like the latest IP since... That's uh, right. It's like the newest game since Destiny 2. So Marathon is actually an old 90s game created by Bungie back on the Macintosh. So I guess they're either doing a reboot or an actual sequel. Who knows? But we know it's a sci-fi first-person shooter. As you can tell from the trailer, it's got that really aesthetic art vibe thing, the retro future thing going on. And it's good that Bungie is actually going back to what actually made your career back in the day, you know? Mm. Like, it's like a full circle thing going on. So, obviously, they're tired of doing Destiny 2 content over and over. So, (laughs) it's nice of them to actually do something really nice, new for a change. What's really surprising is, I thought there was going to be a PlayStation exclusive given that, you know, PlayStation bought Bungie. But it's actually going to be multi-platform as well, it seems. Yeah, which is, I think, pretty interesting considering where Sony stands sometimes, right? <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, one last thing is... Uh, oh, I actually got a couple more. Sorry, not last. You do not remember? Then have you forgotten that you protected me from the dragon's flames? You need only believe in your own destiny, Arisa. Of course. That begs the question. If he's a mere mama... Then where might our true Arisa? Empress Nadinia's life is in your hands, Sir Arisa. Praise be! 
for only the Sovereign's guidance can lead us true. Long live the Sovereign of Vermont! Dragon's Dogma 2 actually was announced, got the gameplay out going on. No release date, but whatever we saw there was all purely gameplay with new monsters like the Gorgon, the Sphinx. The same hyper action that's found in the previous game just amped up to 11. And a lot of, I won't say new mechanics, just more like bigger set pieces and whatnot. So I would, I'm looking forward to seeing more new gameplay from this up, upcoming Capcom action RPG. You've also got Neva, which is an indie game from the creators of Gris, coming out 2024. You've got Ghost Runner 2, a little uh, teaser trailer from 505 Games, coming out in 2023. You've got a Singaporean-made indie game called Cat Quest, Pirates of the Caribbean. In search of a mythical artifact that could bring the apocalypse, the Northern Star. Only one person can prevent the catastrophe that would unfold. Very funny. Coming out next year, 2024. And lastly, you've got Towers of Agasba. An action adventure that's similar to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but with more building aspects. I didn't actually catch what year this game is coming out, but the trailer itself looks pretty impressive with your character flying, floating, losing a leaf or a paraglider, climbing on giant monsters, growing things and building what seems to be civilizations or towns. But it looked really impressive. It's a new IP. I'm looking forward to seeing more for about Towers of Agaspa. So overall, I like this presentation. It's a good start from Sony PlayStation having all this being like a launch salvo. And it'll be also interesting to see what Xbox and other publishers have in store in the next few weeks because I believe Xbox's showcase is on the 12th, 13th of June. So that's two more weeks, I believe. All right. So overall, you think it's a good showcase from Sony? It's a decent showcase. I mean, exclusives, we know Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man 2 are coming, but... It's nice. It's nice. I mean, I'm glad to see other games like Dragon's Dogma 2, Ghost Runner 2, and Towers of Agaspa being actual things you can look forward to. Because, again, I, I probably just like new things like, in that sense. And multi-platform, all the, all the better, you know? Share the love, yeah. right? And nice to see a Singaporean gent- company, Gentle Bros, having the game out. I'm a third Cat Quest game, which is nice. Yeah, the only thing I'm a bit disappointed by is um, we we didn't get to see Wolverine, but I guess is that's still a long way to go, right? Oh, I think that's a long way to go. Maybe after Spider-Man three, oh, sorry, uh, Marvel Spider-Man two is out, we might see more Wolverine. So, I think they're just because Insomnia are in a really nice position to take their sweet time making the best game possible. They they're they're gonna take the time. They're gonna take the mm. time. Because I suspect there might be a Ratchet and Clank game in the works after Spider-Man 2. Then oh. maybe Wolverine might come in. Because uh, play- companies can always switch to release years anytime they want. Really depends on the schedule and the timing and whatnot. Alright, okay. So that's Sony down. Um, we have yeah Xbox and other companies, big companies to go. Um, which we can look forward to in next month, I suppose, right? Yep, yep. I should also mention there's also a bunch of PlayStation VR 2 games coming up. Um, I think the one that's stuck in my mind is probably Synapse. I need you to focus. The clock is ticking. You have to adapt. Back again? Pathetic! You're heroic to me, nothing! You're getting close. 
You're approaching the center of his subconscious. You think you're a threat to me? I'll never talk! They'll never break me! Looks like a very very colorful looking game like with all the colors and whatnot in the gray background your character is actually gray but the things you shoot out are all very very colorful so imagine control but with the more dynamic very high contrast color scheme and dynamic to it it's really hard for me to describe like it's like everything's gray and everything you shoot is all in color and it's all like in first person view you know the whole vr thing going on so it looks very very immersive Let's move on to the next uh, item in the news. Um, and it's Overwatch 2 PvE being cancelled. Tell us yes. more about that. Blizzard has cancelled Overwatch 2's long-awaited PvE hero mode. News came in the last few minutes of a 30-minute live stream just for Overwatch 2. With story missions still, still coming out as early as, early as Season 6. Story missions are still coming, but this particular mode that was supposed to make PvE in Overwatch a bit more meatier... Is not going to happen. Director Aaron Keller expanded on the reason for this cancellation. It wasn't close to done, according to him, or proving to be as fun as the team had hoped. So Blizzard decided to stop taking resources away from Overwatch 2's live content. So it's a little bit... this Okay, it's actually a lot disappointing because that was actually the mode I was looking forward to in Overwatch 2. And with that gone... I can safely uninstall Overwatch 2 from my computer now. <laughs> That's the thing. I was, I was just about to ask you, um, how's Overwatch 2 doing now? You know, considering that, yeah, this thing happened. How would I know? I just told you I uninstalled it, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, it's still going on. There's still Overwatch League. There's really not much talk going on about the online play. Maybe some complaints. Maybe some people actually enjoying it. Who knows? But to have a nice product turning into a free-to-play version of it with the number two and having all these things being uh, promised and then cut off in the end. It's, I know it sounds very dejecting and very sad, but at the same time, Blizzard has, is no stranger to cutting things out of the way when it's doing, like, even if they spend like three years on it, they will actually just destroy it. One good example is probably StarCraft Ghost and uh, Warcraft Adventures, the point and click. That was also, you know, cancelled. By the way, that's actually uh, like a demo of it floating around online illegally. So, I mean, as well as StarCraft Ghost, there's probably a packet out there somewhere for people to check out the build of it and during preview shows and whatnot. But this is, this is no stranger to cutting projects even after spending so many years on it. That's just how much of a perfectionist they are. But what's really interesting about this cancellation is, you got to remember, Blizzard did a game called Titan, a Project Titan at the time. It's supposed to be this big FPS MMO. So that obviously got scrapped, but that multiplayer component eventually became Overwatch 1. And I guess in the entire timeline from 2016 up till now, they wanted to bring back Project Titan in the form of Overwatch 2. So come what may about 2020, 2021, 22, and now, after so many years working on Overwatch 2 PvE, it's apparently cancelled. So, I guess technically, Project Titan is dead the second time. La. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm a bit bummed with this news, but yeah, yes. I guess it is what it is, I suppose. It's really sad. It's really sad. It's just a bit disappointing, but 
Who knows, uh, maybe Blizzard might have something announced in the upcoming BlizzCon 2023, which mm. is actually going to be happening on November the 3rd and 4th at the same place I've been hosting it, at the Anaheim Convention Center. Blizzard is promising details next month about things like ticketing information and competition details, but it's good to know that at least Blizzard still cares about having an offline event because the last BlizzCon was 2019 before, you know, COVID-19, right? So... Speaking of this, yeah, Valve also announced Dota 2 Internationals, uh, 2003's date? Uh, that is correct. Dota 2, the International 2023, is returning to Seattle this year on the 14th of October for like the preliminaries and whatnot, with the playoffs and finals happening on the 27th to 29th of October. And the base price pool is right now US 1.6 million. It's probably going to go up higher than that because of the battle pass that usually... Valve actually releases for Dota 2. I believe I know a couple of Malaysians and Singaporeans who would pay like a, you know, a flight ticket just to hang out in Seattle, which is a nice place to hang out, by the way. Nice convention center, everything. Um, but generally, yes, if you're a big Dota fan, I mean, yes, you can stream it. It's cheaper. But sometimes having an offline event you get to go to would be really nice. I mean, just for like the spectacle and everything, especially when it's close to where Valve's office is. <laughs> I believe they're based in Seattle. I'm not sure which part, though, but yeah. It's basically the, the west side of America. You have chosen to defy peace. Then you have chosen war with a god. Yes, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 has been announced. This is actually the third reboot. <laughs> I'm not sure how many reboots are there for Mortal Kombat. So this is definitely a reboot, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a reboot slash sequel. So at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, there's actually been like a time thing and Liu Kang became a god. So now he's the new god of fire, I believe. The Basically, he's like the replacement for Raiden. So oh, they're going to have like a bunch of old characters coming back as different fighters and different dynamic and roles. You got Liu Kang, Kitana, Milena, and Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and of course Shang Tsung is coming. He's actually a pre-order character if you buy the game early. It's coming out on the 14th of September. It's also going to have the same 2D combat style fighting, except you can now call assists in the form of cameo characters, which is his own separate roster. So you get to select your main character you get to select your cameo character who can be like attacks that can come in as a side attack like in Marvel's Capcom series or a striker in King of Fighters. You know, like assist partners coming in whenever the time is right to either protect you or to, you know, to continue with a long combo to initiate a new combo. Another interesting tidbit is the leaks for the first battle pass for this game. So yes, just like any other fighting game, Mortal Kombat 1 will have a season pass. So the first one apparently has been leaked. And, of course, you got to have Quan Chi and Takeda from Mortal Kombat 10. But the other three additions are very, very interesting because they're going back to the guest character roles they've been doing for Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. So, the guest characters are Peacemaker from the hit show Peacemaker from on HBO. Uh, John Cena's likeness, of course. Omni-Man from Invincible. And Homelander from The Boys. Mm, not bad. 
Yeah, because of the each of the anti-heroes of violent nature, of course, uh, I think that would be a nice fit for Mortal Kombat, I guess. True. Are you looking forward to this game? Um, yes and no. I mean, the story mode for the game would be really good. But I do feel that Mortal Kombat's mechanics and fighting feel is lacking compared to other fighting games like Street Fighter or Tekken. But it has its fans, don't get me wrong. And it's a very popular pick for a title for casual players. But for a serious game, not so much. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing it for the story, but little else. Maybe the combat tower. They usually have like challenge towers, you know, you got to beat whatnot, uh, 10 characters in a row or, you know, have different parameters and challenges. But that's about it. Um, so yeah, it's coming out on the 14th of September as well for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Okay, fantastic. And speaking of fighting games, we cannot not mention another fighting game that's a favorite of yours, uh, Street Fighter Six. Yeah, there was another trailer released uh, at the PlayStation Showcase, but at the same time, Capcom has also perhaps give their projection of how well the game will be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like the most ambitious projections. So <laughs> Capcom president Haruhiro Sujimoto said that he would like Capcom to sell 10 million copies of Street Fighter Six. There's no time frame or deadline for this. It's just, you know, as the months or the years go by, he expects the game to sell 10 million copies eventually. It's ambitious, yes, but you gotta remember Street Fighter V has sold 7 million copies within its 7 years of um, being around with the season pass and stuff and whatnot. So, And the game has been around for 7 plus years. So with this Street Fighter VI looking to be better than Street Fighter V by a wide, wide, wide margin based on the beta I played. I think 10 million is not a stretch, especially if they can have it within the next five years or so. Maybe not, obviously not within the first month or so. That's insane. But I see a million for the first month or so. Who knows? Maybe half a million. You can't remember, 2D fighting games aren't as big as they are compared to the 90s. But Capcom and Street Fighter has always been like a very surefire thing and with the promotion this game has it getting for part six i don't think a million for the month or so is a stretch 10 million in about maybe five years definitely that's doable especially if they're gonna have like season passes coming in on a yearly basis you know having new characters coming in fan favorites or whatnot changing the mechanics a little bit and making street fighter 6 like the base game you gotta play and whatnot for the next few years so 10 million within the next few years isn't a stretch. Ambitious but doable, you think? Ambitious Eventually. but doable, correct, yes. Uh, not Resident Evil numbers, but still, it's a realistic, okay, maybe not realistic, ambitious, uh, a decent projection, lah, because it has, but I have seen worse back in 2010, so this is not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're gonna support the game throughout it's probably gonna yeah it's probably gonna reach that figure like eventually right <laughs> yeah yeah they're treating Street Fighter right now as their golden child to next to the Resident Evil so there is some respect to the title at the very least yeah so I'm you know uh, high hopes for Street Fighter 6 next month you know alright and speaking of um, projections um, and copies sold I suppose um, Chia has sold 1 million plus copies uh, Tichia. So this is a game that is set in New Caledonia. You play a girl who can possess animals and spirits and you play the ukulele in an open world island. It's like the most relaxing and delightful kind of game. Like the anti-Grand Theft Auto, if you will. <laughs> so it's an indie game 
And it sold 1 million copies within like a month or so, honestly. A month and a half, which is very impressive given that I've not heard about Awaseb, the developer, at all. It sold a million copies across PC and PlayStation 5. My reviewer played it. It's a really great game. He enjoyed it a lot. Like, it's like a, it's a game to take a break off from like action games and AAA titles. So, good job. Good job for the indie developer. And I would think of this as more like a, a nice inspirational story for developers all over Southeast Asia. So if this like studio who people had never heard of can sell a million copies of this game, I'm sure with a lot of gumption and whatnot, other indie studios in Southeast Asia can do the same as well. True, true. All right, let's move on to the next item in the news. And it's uh, Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Um, it has been announced. Yes, so the trailer teaser trailer has come out. The movie is star, going to star Josh, Josh Hutchison and Matthew Lillard of Scream fame. And the movie is direct, directed by Emma Tammy. And it's written by, of course, the director as well. And the franchise creator, Scott Cawthon. And it's coming out on the 27th of October. Any chance you're a fan of the series, Five Nights at Freddy's? Not really. I'm not into this kind of game. But, but I mean, obviously, I've played it uh, here and there. But how are they going to actually pull this off, you know, in terms of for the movie? Uh, there's actually a bit of story in the Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, basically, whoever owns the fun, like, the kid restaurant with the scary toy, like, the scary animatronics coming out, either it's haunted or... Mm, actually, I'm not sure about the lore, come and think of it. But there is actually something there you can actually make. Like um, Wally's World and a couple of other shows. Oh, yes, the Banana Slits movie. They've done that before. Like serial killer animatronics or people in animatronics or whatnot. So there's going to be some spiritual element to it. And, you know, you got the jump scares. And who knows? Maybe if they have the R rating, it could be gory. So I, can, I think I can lean towards that. Or if it's a PG-13 horror film, you just have to do the scares and, you know, like the off-screen deaths. In any case, it's probably going to sell because it's a Blumhouse film. Somehow they can actually get away. That, that's a studio that gets away with a lot of cheap horror films because of their output and low production values. But really, really solid marketing. So props to them. Lah. All right. So we're looking forward to see how, it, how it's going to do. Um, and yeah, moving on. Last but not least, we have um, some news involving Riot Games. Yes, Riot Games has a new CEO. So the previous one, Nicolo Laurent, is stepping down from his role and will be succeeded by the company's current global president, Dylan Jadeja. This is, a issue, this is a statement issued by Riot. Under his leadership, Riot is going to, or already has paid $100 million to settle the 2018 discrimination and harassment lawsuit filed by eight female former company employees. Um, I believe it's about, that US $100 million, I believe, is being... Com- recompensated to the 1,548 women in the company as a way to settle the gender discrimination case. So I guess it's a one progressive step forward line in that sense. Yeah. It's good to hear that, yeah. yeah. Couple more, if you don't mind. Okay, so Nicolas Cage is going to be in Dead by Daylight. They show a trailer of his in-game model and that's it. <laughs> we don't know whether he's going to be the survivor or whether he's going to be the killer in the game, but he's going to be in the game somehow and people like the Nicolas Cage since Renfield, right? And Alone in the Dark reboot is actually coming to October 25th for PC. This is the second reboot since the 2008 Alone in the Dark reboot. There's a demo prologue that's out right now for PC. And the game stars David Harbour as Everett Carnby and Jodie Comer as Emily Hartwood. So the horror game itself is going to be a third-person game with a bit of a 40s, 50s mystery pulp vibe. So the music is a bit like the slow jazz of the horror 
iconic organ cues coming in. And I guess the graphics itself seems very, very pop 40s style going on. And you got to explore the Deserto mansion and the monsters and the zombies and the ghouls and the Cthulhu stuff happening. So it's still the same old kind of take as in the 90s game, but with the more 2023 kind of flair to it. So hopefully it turns out okay because I did like the original Alone in the Dark. So, yeah, and you can apparently play the demo now, right? As well? Yes, that's correct. The demo prologue. I believe you play as a little kid who gets kidnapped in the mansion. And mm. yeah, you get, get to go and check it out. It's available right now. That was Jonathan Leo, KKP's content director with some of the biggest gaming news in May. Coming up, we're going to check out some releases in the month, including Star Wars Jedi Survivor and the latest Legend of Zelda. Stay tuned. This is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharuddin. Jonathan Leo from kakuchopure.com joins me for our monthly roundup of news and games. And let's summarize some of the biggest releases from May. We're going to start with Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yes, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has you as Cal Kestis as he goes around trying to defeat the Empire. Well, I'm actually not sure about the synopsis because I didn't review the game. But I can take your synopsis from my reviewer who said that the game is a great improvement over the original action RPG gameplay. So if you like a bit of a challenge in the Dark Souls kind of fashion but with Star Wars and with the audio cues and the music and lightsaber battles and whatnot, yeah, you ha- you'll enjoy this game. You've got the combat, you've got the bigger world, you've got the more improved combat and a better story involving Cal Kestis and his new friends as well as, you know, the people who can interact in the Cantina Hub. And of course, the great audio work that you expect from a Star Wars game tie-in. Of course, the only issue of the game is the technical issues for the PlayStation and the PC version, but that has been patched up since its release, so good on them for... Yeah, and um, Respawn Games for fixing the game as the game comes out. So another game that we should talk about is, of course, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom that came out on May. It's definitely an open-world action-adventure Zelda game. But you've got a bunch of new mechanics like the ability to combine and fuse weapons and items to create your own vehicles or your own puzzle solutions to a couple of dungeons here and there. So I checked out a little bit of it through a friend. He told me that it's great. One of my writers actually told me that it's actually the best sequel to a Zelda game since maybe A Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time, which is a very high praise. It's got awesome building tools and new mechanics here and there bigger world better narrative again the only issue is probably the technical aspect where this game this really huge game is running on a Nintendo Switch which is 2017 hardware and it's like capped at 30 frames per second but the way it's being run and being processed is like a full game nothing breaks and whatnot no halting just a bit of slowdown here and there especially when you want to maybe combine 25 items at one go which is expected but at the same time there's a lot to love about Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom I just wish I myself had time to play it because I've been a lot busy with other games too. All right. Um, Is this going to be the game of the year for 2023? Definitely for a lot of people because of the way it's being structured and 
creator or not. I personally feel that Breath of the Wild back in 2017 is a very overrated game because I do not like the controls and some of the mechanics and how it just feels like it's just another... You know what's going to happen at the end, you know, that kind of storyline and whatnot. So I hope that Tears of the Kingdom is a huge improvement over the sequel. And based on every review I've seen so far, it is. All right. I guess I guess we'll, we'll see uh, come end of the year. Um, moving on, we have Convergence uh, League of Legends story. Pressure make diamonds. It's all in the timing. And I got a license to make it rewind it. You live it too loudless. Now, that is a title I can wholeheartedly recommend. This is a 2D action platformer where you control Echo as he, you know, works to protecting the city of Zaun. He, he is actually tasked to protect and whatnot. So there's a bunch of like time rewinding and time traveling conspiracies happening. So this action platformer, you are basically, it's a really tough game where you only got three lives and that's it and you die. But you have a rewind mechanic that's similar to Prince of Persia, Sense of Time, where if you mess up a platforming segment, you can just press A button to rewind back time and redo the segment. You can do this for the game's combat as well. So, the game itself is 8 hours long. You've got many different locations in Zaun to check out, and you even get to meet different League of Legends characters like Camille and Warwick and whatnot. It's all in the trailer. And if you really want a really fun... 2D platformer with really solid controls and some fun level design, you should check out Convergence. League of Legends fans should at least give it a shot because they'll enjoy the lore in the game and the storyline and whatnot. So props to Riot Forge and Double Selling Games for creating this title. It's really, really fun. Yep, it does look exciting as well. Um, moving on, we also have Planet of Lana. Tell us more about that. Planet of Lana is one of the best indie titles so far in 2023, according to my reviewer. It's an Adventure title, you control a boy in a planet. You've got to figure out how to team up with all the aliens and denizens you meet along the way. So it's got the out-of-this-world and flashback vibe back in the day, except for 2023. It's epic, cinematic, responsive, and can be completed in less than five hours. You know, like a really compact experience. It's charming, got well-built puzzles, a stunning art style, and a lovely score. So there's really not much to hate about Planet Lana. And it's available for free on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Humanity is another puzzle game where you control a dog to lead an infinite stream of humans through the exit. So imagine lemmings, except you put the arrows, you know, to direct the humans, actual literal human trafficking to direct them, to, you know, to go through the different obstacles here and there. You can even make them jump or even float or even hand them a weapon or two. So I do feel that we need more abstract puzzle games like Humanity because it's got many, many creative puzzles. You even have to direct certain goldie humans, like so, which is basically an alternate path you have to do instead of using the main path solution. And you've got like a nice, again, a lovely aesthetic art style and uh, music from very unique world musician Jemapur to enthrall people with its music and whatnot. And yeah, you've got like, um, I believe it's about seven acts or seven sequences with different puzzles and different mechanics. Each of the sequences has a team, like teamwork 
or war or directing humans to particular areas here and there or maybe converging and whatnot. So and using or even having them follow you as a as a like a strategy real time strategy kind of mechanic. So different solutions to puzzles, different new mechanics that introduced to you, and there's even a user generated content mode where you get to play other people's levels, and that's still going on as you speak. So that's infinite replay value right there, especially if you're into really esoteric 2000 PlayStation style puzzle games. A couple more titles, you got Darkest Dungeon 2, which is basically not really a big sequel to Darkest Dungeon. So imagine you take away the building aspect of the old Darkest Dungeon, still a roguelike, but you actually ride a cart through a couple of, like a straight path, you come across random encounters, and the game gets very, very challenging because you have to manage your party. They get to be delusional and they get fears and whatnot as they keep going on the long and winding road. And if you die, you have to restart again, but you get to buff up your characters with um, candle energy to spend. So you get to uncover the, each character party member's lore. You get to unlock new classes to use in your four-man party as you go straight to the road to, I believe, the mount, the, the haunted mountain. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very long road and you're going to fight a lot of undead demons and cult members who can inflict your party with like paranoia and many, many different um, depression and very evil... Um, negative feelings are basically so you not only have to deal with the enemies who can deal a lot of damage but you also have to manage your party otherwise they'll go insane and they'll start you know backstabbing each other or complaining and not even acting on your turn at random because you're not managing like they get fatigued basically like imagine you're stuck in a, a cart full of people and you end up resenting them as the journey goes on right <laughs> so that's the effect you get from Darkest Dungeon 2 it's not it, think of it more like um, it's not a huge upgrade from the first game more like a reboot so if you want like a completely new rogue light experience you should play Darkest Dungeon 2 especially if you like a challenge because even if you have like the best party you can get one hit killed by a zombie or like a group like a bunch of knights who can basically inflict like despair on your party members so if you don't like a challenge yeah maybe probably don't, don't play the game of course And last but not least is After Image, which is a 2D action platformer search action game a la Metroidvania created by a Chinese company. And this game itself has got a lovely art style, got um, 20 plus hours of gameplay, Dark Souls-like combat, great controls, and yeah, it just looks really pretty. I mean, if you've seen, uh, you can check out the Steam page. It's available on PC and PlayStation right now, if I recall. It's a really solid effort from a very new Chinese company per se. Uh, my only issue is sometimes backtracking in After Image can be a bit of a problem. But with the skills you get, I think it gets easier like maybe after the 10 or 12 hour mark when it comes to going back and forth. So you control a character named Rene who has a spirit called Ifrit and you basically have to find out why your sensei magician died. And you have to explore the the very colourful world of After Image. I forgot the name of the world, sorry. But it just looks really pretty, like the highlands, the grasslands, the firelands and the icelands and whatnot. It's, yeah. And again, the plot can get a bit complicating until you reach to the New Game Plus. And even then, the New Game Plus has its own, 
how do you say, new characters you get to play and a new structure. So it's like more like an extra chapter storyline rather than the new game plus, you think about it. All right, fantastic. Thank you very much for the summary. Um, yeah, so a lot of games there. Um, uh, way too many, actually, come <laughs> to think of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what can we look forward to next month? Oh, definitely we are going to be talking about Diablo 4. We're going to be talking about Street Fighter 6 and Final Fantasy 16. Everything else in between, to be honest, I'm not sure what's going to go on, but I do know that there's going to be a bunch of new game announcements from Summer Games Festival 2023 and the Xbox Bethesda Showcase on July the 12th. Sorry, June the 12th, American time. You're tuned into GG Well Played, and it was Jonathan Leo, content director at kakuchopore.com, summarizing some of the biggest news and releases in May. Head over to their website, kakuchopore.com, to check out more gaming news and reviews. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts on the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us game on and please take care this has been gg well played you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app